Ion 2020 episode 292. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Yeah, at the beginning of 2020, I mean, welcome to Ion 20. I on 2020, by the way, this is your libertarian look at the 2020 election, but mostly at 2020, because let's be honest, at the beginning of 2020, I mean, January 1st, 2020, I'm, you know, at home and I'm not thinking anything about the the year being different than any other year, except for the fact that you're going to have the 2020 elections going on. You got Democrats are still fighting back and forth to see who's going to be the nominee. You have Republicans that they weren't even sure if they're going to have Donald Trump as the nominee in that sense. Although, I mean, it was most likely going to happen. And Libertarians, we didn't have anybody that we were going to be choosing as our nominee. I just thought normal election year going forward and everything else. And then, wow, look what it's turned out to be. We're in June now, June 1st, and uh, it's turned out to be one hell of a year, guys. Holy crap. We're sitting here in a position where you have the COVID-19 that takes over, you have the country going into lockdown, you have the government just taking away people's individual liberty, you have people taking away people's rights left and right, you know, everything. And then everyone, all these people are unemployed, youth unemployment at the highest, unemployment rate highest that it's been since the Great Depression, and then all of a sudden, you know, with all these people out of work, what do you have as a tinderbox? And then all of a sudden, boom, explosion. The gentleman over there, in that Ahmed guy over there in Georgia, who, uh, who dies at the hands of those two vigilante guys in the neighborhood or whatever that, that shot him. And then like a two weeks later, or not two weeks later, sorry, after that, that basically happened back in February, but it was overshadowed, overshadowed by COVID-19. But then all of a sudden, you know, it hits the news airways. Everyone's, people are kind of, pissed off about it and they're just you know not uprising or anything like that there weren't even riots in the streets there weren't even really protests but it kind of hit the social media airwaves and then all of a sudden boom two weeks after that hits the hits the uh media you have george floyd and he gets killed by that police officer and they don't i mean that happened on monday monday of last week a week ago today that happened, and then all of a sudden this weekend, and this week you start having the rallies, the protests, and so forth, and then we have this explosion all across the United States, it's everywhere, of these rallies turning into riots, these protests turning into looting on the streets, these protests turning into mass destruction, these protests attacking, attacking cops, the whole nine yards, like, where are we living? What country are we living? Where? What happened in the last six months is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. It just I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just thinking out loud today on the show because I don't know what to think. It's just a very random occurrence is what's happening, guys, and uh, I don't know what to think. I mean, one side of me says that people should just get along, right? But then you have the other side of me saying I understand the frustration. I really do. I understand the frustration of that 
a community would feel, you know? But this is what I was thinking about, though, is that they have managed to turn, like, black into an identity that people would have, right? And obviously, that's the case. You're, that's the color of your skin. Same thing with the color of my skin. It's white. But I don't know that I look at it as my identity. But in some ways, maybe they've done that. So when you attack one black person... In their minds, they think that you're attacking every black person or something. And that's the only thing that I could think of that would make me see why they would be having all the riots. Is because when you attack one, you attack all. It's like a tribal thing. It's, I mean, every we have the Republican tribe. You have the Democrat tribe. You have the conservative tribe. You have the libertarian tribe. You have this tribe. You have that tribe. And the media and the, and the politicians have really turned everybody into tribes, everybody into specific groups that they can target in order to get them to vote for them and so forth. So when you have something like this happen, all of a sudden it's an attack on everybody in that tribe. But it's not just black people that are there protesting. I've noticed that when I was looking at these different protests throughout the weekend, it's about 50% white people that are out there too. So it's not just, I mean, if you look at those protests, why would, it's not just the attack on on black people, and black people are responding to it as an attack on everybody. We all realize that there's a little bit too much policing going on. We all realize that this guy did something wrong. We all realize that Floyd, this George Floyd guy was violently attacked by the system, and it's the system that we have. That's the problem. It's the system that we have. It's not specifically racism. I said that on the show on Thursday. I'm not convinced it's racism. I consider it a systemic problem. There's systemic racism within within our country with the drug war and so forth. And the attack on the family and so forth. And that's causing the outrage that we have today. And that's 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 what I wanted to talk about talk to you guys about today. So I'll I'll go into um But yeah, I'm just thinking out loud about all this stuff. I'm just uh wanted to bring it to you because it's a lot to take in. I don't think I've ever lived through anything like this in my life where there's riots going on, not just in L.A. like it was after Rodney King. There was a few other places where they had them. Like, this is a lot of these rallies that are going on. So Black Lives Matter, they have a huge following all across the country of people that will go out to their, go out to their events their protests. So they get out there and they, they send out these links to protest and you could join these little groups in order to get notified of them. So where to go? And they get people out to these protests. Like this is a new world that we're living in. The ability for people to gather together and, and organize protests in a way that has never been the case before. And Black Lives Matter has really figured that out. They figured out how to get these people out there in a grassroots kind of way. I think the other pro there's a problem though is that maybe some of these the the far left groups like the Antifas and stuff like that, they might be hijacking the fact that there's large groups because I've 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 I'm watching on Periscope a lot of the different videos that people are that are people are showing. I spend a lot of time just like looking at the different I'll find a rally that's in like um Columbia, South Carolina, or I find someone recording in Atlanta or in Washington, DC. And if you look at it, 
a lot of people are just bystanders. There's they're just there to watch, to see what's going on, to be there, to be involved in it, to be somebody that's there at the time. And you see people just kind of standing around, you know, not really protesting, not really doing anything. They're just there in the streets. And then you have, you know, 10% of them that are up there in the face of the police, up there in the face of them. But most of those people are bystanders, I think, and that's what I've been looking at. And it's just, it's interesting to see, but there's some agitators or some that are bystanders or some there that just want to, you know, yell and scream and protest. And that's the way that it seems to me, that's the, that's what's going on. But there are the groups like Antifa that are out there that are probably egging it on to the point where it becomes like a violent protest. But I've also heard, and I'm not sure if this is true, but some, and I, 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 I wouldn't put it past them, but some of like these right-wing militia racist groups that want to start the, start the race war or something like that. I've seen it at other rallies before where they want to kind of egg things on and push things, push things to a point. And then there's the black side of it that wants to push things to a point as well. You know, Black Panthers or whatever they might be. I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. But I have heard about like this this coming race war that these two different sides kind of talk about. And you wonder if those people are there trying to egg things on. This is the spark. This is the way that we could spark the fire that goes further. Piggybacking on the anger. And then turn that anger into rage. Turn that rage into a fire. I mean, it sounds crazy, right? It sounds conspiratorial. It sounds whatever it is. But it's just, I don't know if it's true. But I've seen a little bit of evidence of that as well. Like if, for example, in Colombia, we had, like, there's pictures taken of some guys that, you know, I mean, but then again, 50% of the groups are, 50% of the people at these protests I've seen are white people. So can you just weed out all the white people and say, okay, a bunch of white supremacists over there? No, most of those people are decent people trying to, you know, make a stand, make a point. Because that's what they're there to do. They're, make, they're there to support George Floyd and make a point that says that that guy was murdered in vain and that we need some sort of message. But then there's some of the bad apples as well. And that's another thing that I want to talk about. I don't see a message coming out of this. I don't see an organization coming out of this. I, don't, I see kind of like a chaos right now. But I don't see a demand. The protesters are there, but they're looking. They have the signs that say Black Lives Matter and care about, um, you know, George Floyd and, you know, rest in peace and all these different things that you see on these signs. But I don't see a message that they're going about trying to get, get done. Is there an organized message? What's the message that they have? Are they trying to get rid of qualified immunity? Because that's not showing up in the message that I see from these protesters. What you're really seeing is the message of, of fires and bombs and violence. That's what you're seeing. And that's because the press is going to go to gravitate towards that stuff. Which sucks for the people because we do need police reform. We do need criminal justice reform. We do need fewer laws that are going to be placed on people. We do need the cops to be trained in a different way if they're going to be trained on how to deal with civilians. I mean, when they come walking up to your car to give you a ticket, they have their hand on their on their gun, you know? Like there's an automatic assumption in their minds that they're going to be attacked. Are they trained to do that? Or is that just their national natural instinct? I don't know. But most likely, if you're coming up to give someone a ticket, they're not going to shoot you, you know? 
you're not gonna have to pull out your gun but that's i mean that's what i've seen at different situations so the cops need to be held accountable qualified immunity i mean that is the quickest way and i've read an article on reason magazine that said that the the um the supreme court is going to be taking up qualified immunity and can strike that down pretty quick like it's something they can do right now it's the fastest way to solve the problem it gets and what qualified immunity is i explained it on the show last week is just the idea that cops are judged at a different level when they're doing their job than you and i so they have a it's a harder time to get them convicted or tried or you know sent to jail for something they do on the job because there's a different there's a different um standard that they have if they could claim in their minds that they were doing their job and doing it right then they then they won't go to jail for it. they won't be arrested for it they have a different they're not accountable for their actions at that point personally accountable for their actions and when you take that personal accountability away from the police officer or the other person in like a public office then they're willing to do things at a different level. They're willing to say, I can do this and get away with it. Or not necessarily get away with it, but they just have a different power structure in their mind. It says that I can do this because I'm the authority. I'm the authority in this situation. That's the, that's the thing that they have in their minds. And that needs to go away. Cops need to be on the same level as the people in some ways, you know? That's how I feel anyway. Like if it was a security guard, I posted this earlier... If that guy was wearing a security guard uniform, but not a police uniform, if he was next to a security guard car and not a police car, people would have stopped that officer or that person from putting his knee on that person's neck. People would have jumped on him and pulled him off and said, no, we're not going to watch this. If he was wearing a plumber uniform, same thing. If he was wearing a, a dog catcher uniform, same thing. If he was wearing a normal outfit, same thing. They would have stopped him from doing it. But since he had a badge, he was next to a police car, and there was other police officers around him, people were not going to go and try to stop that police officer because they know in their minds that that person thinks that they have the authority to shoot them if they need to. And that person in their mind, they think that they have the authority to shoot them if they need to. And it's the power struggle. It's the power that that person has over society. And that's what it really comes down to. I explained that to you guys on Thursday's episode as well last week. So if you want to go back and listen to that, that's the you can. But now we're in a situation where the riots are getting out of control. The whole world looks like it's burning in some ways in America, you know. And where are we? It's 2020, June 2020. God, the most chaotic year I've seen in my life. And it's just uh, interesting to watch to see what's going on. I'm not sure how I feel about the riots. I think, I, like I said, I could see both sides of the argument. You want some peace. You want some lawfulness. You want people to not be out there destroying things. But I don't think that that's the main group. I don't think that's the main group. I think it's the, a very small few who are just being opportunistic in this situation. These people need to get out there and have their rallies, have their protests, make their voices heard, but they also need to have a message 
that's not hijacked by a few bad people as well. Because when you have all these people that are out there protesting, and then you have the few bad apples that go out there and start burning police cars and start smashing windows and so forth, then you have the cops come and makes people that want to protest scared to get out there and protest because they don't want to be wrapped up and involved in that. And that kills your message as well. So that stuff needs to stop. Maybe the protesters need to stop those people. That's what it really comes down to. So I hope for the hell, I hope to hell that these things stay peaceful. I hope to hell that these things will become a message that says police reform. That's what we need. And then hopefully, you know, things go on from there. But hey, guys, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, stay safe out there. This is Ray Eaton on uh, Ion2020. You can check me out on the2020.com or Ion, uh, excuse me, IonTheEmpire.com. Check me out on IonTheEmpire. It's on Facebook, on Twitter. And then give me a five-star rating review. And uh, come on back on Thursday so you can have clear vision for 2020.